Baseball Podcast. Just Jonathan here with you tonight. Uh, Sean, his voice was not feeling very well tonight, so he's unable to make it. But going to get into what was really a fun week of college basketball. Uh, you know, Kansas, Texas Tech went into double overtime. That was a thriller. Uh, UCLA versus Arizona. That was uh, built up to be one of the games of this season. Uh, maybe a little bit of a letdown in terms of you know how good the game actually was, but uh, it was definitely a meaningful game. Uh, two top 10 teams and uh, certainly very good game there. Big 10 action, SEC, you know, ju- we're just going to go, you know, all throughout. Uh, we've got the big 12 SEC challenge to break down. So we'll get into that. But uh, first, of course, have to start out Chris Mack. The era is over at Louisville. Uh, he, he negotiated a $4.8 million uh, buyout. It's just not working this, you know, at Louisville because, you know, Louisville has expectations where, you know, they expect to win on a yearly basis. And, you know, the past couple seasons, obviously 2020 would have been probably like a three or four seed uh, was one of the teams to be in the ACC that season ended up finishing second uh, in the ACC standings that season, but would have been one of the teams, you know, if, if we're picking brackets, probably would pre- predicted them to go to like the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or something like that. So, I mean, that team was a talented team. Not having that NCAA tournament, I think, lost some momentum. They killed it by getting David Johnson, Carlick Jones, who are two fantastic players, but really the front court wasn't all that. Uh, they had some COVID issues uh, throughout the season, uh, ended up missing the NCAA tournament. Uh, was infamously the first team out. Uh, they were, you know, team number 69. They had 68, field of 68 was predicted. They were not a part of it, but they were the first team out. So, you know, things could have gone differently there. Hey, UCLA, they went from first four to final four. Maybe, you know, maybe Louisville doesn't go first four to final four, but they go first four to sweet 16. And we're talking about this a lot differently. And then obviously, you know, having to buy out a couple assistant coaches, Luke Murray, uh, the Dino Gaudio exit where uh, Gaudio, you know, tried to extort Louisville, did not go over well for Gaudio, did not go over well for Chris Mack as he, uh, you know, got at a six game suspension. Really, you know, they went off to a five and one start uh, with Mike Pease, who, will now take over as the interim head coach. You know, that's, you know, it was a solid start to the season, but they just have not picked up under Mac. And uh, Malik Williams was quoted at no comment on whether the team is responding. It was just not going well. And, you know, I think it was time for a move on. And here we sit. Uh, Chris Mack is no longer the head coach. It'll be interesting to see who ends up being, you know, discussed Bruce Pearl was kind of like the first reasonable head coach. Looks like he's probably going to stay at Auburn and negotiate his way into an even bigger contract and even better facilities. Uh, so good Bruce, Bruce Pearl, I guess, to use that leverage. I think one name, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go Kenny Payne. Uh, that's kind of the popular name thrown out there, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if they go Chris Holtman just because I was reading, you know, the buyout for Chris Holtman drops after the season. I would be, you know, Louisville is a better basketball job than Ohio State. Ohio State's a very good job. It'll be tough for Holtman to leave, but uh, Louisville is one of those like rare, better jobs. And uh, I, I could see a situation he leaves. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Louisville is obviously now the number one job available. You know, any coach who wants to get a new job, their number one job uh, this offseason is Louisville. So, I mean, they're going to have plenty of good candidates. It's going to be interesting to see who they kind of, you know, go. You know, we, we were with the UCLA job a couple of years ago. They asked you know, bunch of different candidates and eventually get McCronin. I don't think Louisville will take as, you know, one, they're going to get a head start and see a little bit who's interested, who's not interested, which I think is going to be very helpful to them. Uh, but yeah, I think the search when it does kind of ultimately start, I think they're going to have a couple candidates they're looking at. I think they'll Event, they'll pretty quickly pick a candidate. I don't imagine this search uh, going on quite as long, and they will be able to pick the best candidate who wants the job, who they're willing to pay for. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. Louisville probably not going to be in the NCAA tournament this season. Probably, hey, if they wanted to, self-impose now because uh, no, there, there's not much this Louisville program is playing for. Uh, tough situation for Mike Peegs uh, entering as the interim. Maybe can turn around, but yeah, not not a great start for Louisville this season. Uh, but now I, I think it's time to get into some of the games from this week. And Monday night provided us a double overtime thriller, Kansas, Texas Tech. Kansas was up 12 uh, on a, a Baji dunk. Uh, the game was, for all intents and purposes, looking over. And Texas Tech, credit to them. They made a ferocious comeback, end up tying the game at 75 off a couple of Terrence Shannon free throws. Uh, and then the game goes to overtime. Abaji missed a three. Uh, but Texas Tech, in overtime, took a, I think, a 80 lead. Uh, ended up being a 683 uh, who you know had 37 points in this game. He hit the massive three to force double overtime. And, you know, the National Player of the Year award, I think, had kind of been, you know, Johnny Davis's for the past couple weeks. Uh, this type of performance from Abaji, uh, this type of shot from Abaji was certainly big. Obviously, Kansas wins 94-91 in double overtime. But Abaji, big 37-point performance for the Jayhawks. This was absolutely huge. They they really needed, you know, him to step up, and certainly he delivered in this game. And for Kansas now, they're sitting at seventeen and two. They will play Kentucky uh, in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. We'll, you know, talk about that uh, here in a little bit. But yeah, he stepped up. You know, and the thing about Abaji is he's, you know, going out and you know scoring at a high level, uh, but. He's doing it rather efficiently. Like he went seven of 12 from three, 13 of 23. And you don't really see that a whole lot from uh, some, you know, some of the players like Johnny Davis 
had, uh, I'll pull up his stat sheet here uh, for his Nebraska game. He had a couple games where like he would go off for 25, but it was, you know, not in the most efficient scoring. Uh, he went five of 12. So taking a little bit less in this game, but yeah, for Abaji, I mean, he's been one of the more efficient scores in college basketball this season. I think that's been a credit to him, you know, not only taking good shots, but making those good shots. Uh, he is shooting 47% from three, 52% from the floor. So uh, a lot of his shots are from three, but uh, still shooting rather efficiently. And Abaji has really, I think, transformed himself into being a, you know, first off a clear first team All-American and then, uh, you know, potential national player of the year, potential lottery pick. Uh, was one of those like guys who was 50-50 on the draft, chose to return, and now uh, I think he made the right decision because he's probably going to get a lot more money going into next season. Texas Tech, I mean, this is a terrific fight fight from them. Bryson Williams had a huge game. He had 33 in this one. Uh, you know, pretty much carried them back into the game, kept them around in the game. Kevin O'Banner hit a couple big shots, Davion Warren, uh, and they did this, you know, despite Kevin McCuller and Terrence Shannon combining to go two for 21 from the floor. So if, you know, a couple of those shots go the other way, hey, maybe we are uh, looking at a situation where uh, Texas Tech ends up getting the win, but uh, last Kansas gets the win. So good win for Kansas, Texas Tech. Falls two games now behind Kansas in the Big 12 standings. I think it'll probably still be Kansas and Baylor, but, I mean, Texas can't rule out Texas Tech, and they're going to be tough the rest of the season. Uh, and the one, I guess, good news for Texas Tech is their schedule kind of lightens up. They had a really tough start to the season, so it's not easy by any means. Every game in the Big 12 seems like a game you can lose, but uh, for Texas Tech, I mean, there's – easier games ahead. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch, but good win for Kansas there. Uh, and certainly a terrific win for UCLA because this was kind of a matchup. We were you know, waiting to see, okay, how good this UCLA team, we haven't seen them. Uh, the you know, last time we saw them against a real good opponent lost to Oregon in overtime. Uh, and then previously, you know, they were rolling, early in the season, minus the Gonzaga game where they got rolled, but, you know, beat Villanova, they beat Colorado, they beat Marquette. So, I mean, they got a couple of quality wins uh, early in the season, obviously, and then had the COVID issues, but uh, this was a big test for them, and they answered the bell. They went out uh, 175-59, really controlled the game, uh, but for, like, the first five minutes when – uh, Arizona and UCLA were exchanging haymakers and it looked like this game was going to be 120 to 119 final score. UCLA really controlled the game defensively. They did a really good job. Uh, they kind of forced Kirk Risa into a really bad game. He ended up going 0 for 12 from the floor, 0 of 9 from three, which simply put Arizona is not going to win many games when Kirk Risa has that type of performance from the field. So 
Uh, not a good performance from him. Uh, Matherin kind of kept them a little bit around in this game. Uh, Coloco was solid inside, but in the end, I mean, it was just kind of a game. Arizona didn't, you know, the shots weren't falling for them. They weren't playing all that well. And uh, it, it happens in conference play. It was a tough road environment. UCLA, this was like the return of fans. They previously had no fans, which makes little to no sense, but uh, that's just me. But yeah, I mean, UCLA came away with this one. I think they were motivated. They wanted to prove that, you know, we're still, we're still the team to beat in the Pac-12 or don't, don't sleep on us and whatever they wanted to prove. And they went out and showed it and they won this game handily. They dominated on the defensive end, uh, which I think was the most impressive part because Arizona is a team that, you know, is going to, you know, put up 70 in their sleep and 80 on a, you know, bad day. Like they are a high scoring team. Like they played Tennessee, which is one of the top defensive teams in the sport. Uh, They lost that game, but they put up 73. So, I mean, they're capable of putting up, you know, 70 points on anyone. And for them to get held to 59 points uh, was the first time all season they're held below 70 points. And not only that, they were held below 60 points. So great defensive game plan, you know, great defense from UCLA and uh, Juzang, Jules Bernard stepped up offensively and they get a really nice win here. Uh, The Bruins uh, and Wildcats, they'll play again uh, next Thursday. So we'll get another chance to see these two teams. But yeah, certainly, you know, for this game, I mean, big win for UCLA and big win for Illinois. Uh, This was a matchup where Illinois was without Kofi Coburn. They were without Andre Curbelo and they found a way to beat Michigan state. Michigan state may come back, but uh, Illinois found a way to hold on. Lee Colmist, you know, clutch free throw went one, two, had two free throws to tie the game. Went one, two, Illinois had big scoring drought. The, you know, final, final five minutes of the game, they did not score. And for Illinois, this is a huge win because they, they now, once again, sit tied atop the Big Ten standings alongside, uh, I think it's Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. So, you know, for Illinois to get this win uh, alongside Wisconsin as well and Ohio State. So uh, four teams at t- tied atop the Big Ten standings. Purdue just a game back. So the Big Ten race, it's certainly competitive, but for Illinois to get this win without Kofi Coburn uh, is absolutely huge. And we'll see when he's able to return. But uh, getting this win, you know, is it's so big for that league race because had they, they, they very easily could have just lost this game and all of a sudden you're sitting a game back with a home loss to Michigan state. Now you build a little bit of confidence too, in that you can win a game without uh, Kofi Coburn and they'll play Northwestern this Saturday. Well, it remains to see if Coburn will be available, but they just beat Michigan state without Coburn. So they can probably beat Northwestern without Coburn and that would be big. And then they'll probably need him when they get, you know, the stretch ahead, uh, Wisconsin, Indiana, Purdue, but 
yeah, this is a really big win for Illinois and uh, their hopes to win the Big Ten regular season title. Tough loss for Michigan State. I mean, winning at Illinois is a tough road environment, but man, it feels like a missed opportunity for Michigan State because they very easily, they probably should have won this game. And for them not to win this game, uh, it's it's going to be one of these losses. If they finish a game back in the Big Ten thing, they're going to point right to this game and be like, we you know, execute better if Malik Hall makes two free throws in a row instead of going one or two from the line. However you want to say, if you score 57, 755, or 60, I mean, you win the game. And Michigan State had every reason to win the game, and they just didn't. And that's going to sting for a little while. Uh, but we'll kind of see them. I don't know if – I don't think they're going to be – you know, I still think it's Illinois, it's Purdue. Uh, I think those two teams will be the two who end up competing for the Big Ten title. But uh, Michigan State, I think if they're right there towards the end of the season and they don't win it, it's going to just point right back to this loss because they should beat Illinois in this game. Uh, but they didn't, and Illinois wins, and uh, credit to Illinois to win without Coburn. Uh, Kentucky, they won without Ty Ty Washington, went to overtime, kind of let Iverson Molinar forced uh, double overtime. He was having a fantastic game in this one uh, to really you know, force the overtime, but you know, in the end, Kentucky just prevailed, and uh, this was you know, a game where Kellen Grady stepped up big, uh, especially in overtime, because, uh, you know, Molinar was making some big shots to end up forcing overtime, hit big, you know, two to tie the game early in overtime. And then Kel Gray, back-to-back possessions uh, off Seville Riller's, you know, passes, drills threes, and uh, gives Kentucky the 82-74 win. And now Kentucky, without Ty Ty Washington, gets a really big win. They will probably need him uh, if they're going to go into Allen Fieldhouse and uh, beat Kansas in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. But uh, for Kentucky, I mean, this is certainly a really big win for them. And, you know, they, they're they still behind Auburn by two games in the SEC standing. So probably going to need a big win streak uh, in SEC play to have a chance to win the league title. But... Uh, certainly to win a game like this without Ty Ty Washington, that is huge. Uh, still, you know, it remains to be seen if Shane Sharp is going to suit up for them because who knows, you know, maybe he, you know, suits up for Kentucky and we're talking about this Kentucky team in a different light than what we're talking about them right now. But as it stands, he is not suiting up for Kentucky um, and Ty Ty Washington Remains to be seen if he's suiting up for Kentucky, but whatever that does happen, um, which I, I think quite possibly it does, uh, that would be huge for Kentucky going forward. I still think they're, you know, with this win and getting Ty Ty Washington back, they're one of the teams to beat in the SEC this season. Uh, they're one of the teams to beat for the national championships this season. I mean, this Kentucky team, they have Oscar Sheboy who, Forgot to mention, he had 21 points, 22 rebounds. He's just ridiculous putting up points. Uh, I would say he's right there. You know, I would say it's a three-player race 
for the uh, National Player of the Year award, I'd say it's Shibway, uh, it's Abaji, and it's Johnny Davis. I think those are the, kind of the three players right now for the award, and Oscar Shibway just continuing to put up big performances. So uh, Kentucky ultimately gets the win here, as does Texas. Uh, this was kind of a big game for Texas because they were struggling, uh, but they you know, went on the road and just took care of business. They were really tough defensively. Timmy Allen had a good game offensively. Uh, Ramey, Andrew Jones, like they, everything was clicking for this Texas team. And now sitting 15-5, and five, still don't have a top 25 win on the season to date. That can change, though, because they'll play Rick Barnes in Tennessee at home on Saturday. Uh, we'll get into kind of the pick section here. But, yeah, this is a big win for the Texas team. And uh, we'll see if Chris Beard and Texas start to kind of build some momentum uh, as, you know, not only they'll play the Big 12 SEC Challenge, but uh, they start, you know, kicking into high gear. They have one of the toughest remaining strength of schedules. Uh, just look at this next gauntlet. They play Tennessee at home, at Texas Tech, Iowa State, uh, Kansas Baylor at Baylor. So they're one, two, three, four, five, next five games all against ranked teams. That's going to be as tough as a stretch. If they can go two and three in that stretch, I mean, we're talking about Texas. If they go three and two or four and one in that stretch, Texas is back. I mean, that's as tough as a five game stretch as you're going to get. Uh, so good for them to get a little bit of momentum building into that, uh, and we'll see if they are able to carry that momentum into that kind of five-game tough stretch. Um, you know, another team with a big win, the Miami Hurricanes, they took down Virginia Tech in you know, a thrilling game. Virginia Tech really kind of had control of the game for a while, and Miami, they get to the line. Isaiah Wong draws a foul on, uh, makes all three free throws ties the game at 75 Miami got the ball with like a second and a half 1.8 seconds it's all you need though because Charlie Moore banks in game wing three really big win for Miami kind of this is another quadrant one win uh, Virginia Tech still ranks well analytically despite their kind of poor record and now you know Miami's continuing to build a really strong resume and that will continue to be the case uh, so long as they continue to roll in ACC play. Uh, Oak, or, uh, Providence picked up uh, another Quadrant 1 win, went on the road, took down Xavier. Uh, again, another you know near buzzer beater, not quite a buzzer beater this time, but Jared Bynum uh, off the out Durham assist. Uh, he drilled a game win three, game was tied. Uh, he hits the three, Providence wins. Uh, that's certainly a very good win for the Providence Friars. And now uh, Ed Cooley and company, I mean, they're sitting uh, atop the Big East standings. Uh, it remains to be seen if they win. You know, they'll play a couple tough games upcoming here. Still have two games against Villanova. So I wouldn't say they've got the Big East in the bag. But at this point, I mean, we need to start talking about Providence being a team that can win the Big East uh, title, which coming into the season, it was kind of like, can Providence just make the NCAA tournament? They're, they're not only going to make it. I think they've essentially, they could probably lose every single game the rest of the season. Wouldn't recommend it, but 
if they did that, I still think they'd probably get in or, you know, at least be on the bubble. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, credit to Ed Cooley and, uh, you know, this Providence team, uh, cause they've been fantastic to, you know, just start the season. Uh, and Oklahoma, another team picking up a really big win. Uh, they went on the road, took down West Virginia. This was on Wednesday night. Uh, so good win for the Sooners. Uh, they moved to 13-7. They were kind of starting to free fall a little bit, but hey, get a win here. Uh, now, you know, they, they play at Auburn. That's not going to be easy, but uh, probably a scheduled loss there. But can they have a decent enough upcoming stretch, play TCU, Oklahoma State. So can get a couple wins after that. Uh, the Sooners can kind of establish themselves as a tournament team. Uh, just needing to kind of stay above the cut line uh, record-wise because uh, if if they have a good enough record, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. Same with West Virginia, who kind of misses an opportunity here. Uh, they'll play at Arkansas in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. That will be a tough game. But, uh, you know, for West Virginia, the offense, you know, continue to struggle. Sean McNeil, Taz Sherman didn't have strong games. And whatever that's the case, West Virginia really doesn't have a strong chance at uh, winning games. So they'll they'll need to play a little bit better if they're going to want to win at Arkansas. Staying in Big 12 from Wednesday night, uh, Iowa State won the road, took down Oklahoma State. Uh, the Cyclones got big performance from Isaiah Brockington, hit 26. Oklahoma State thought they had the lead, uh, ended up being a goaltend, and Iowa State, they win the game. Uh, it was their f- first time in 24 games. They had a 24-game road-losing streak in the Big 12. Well, that, uh, that is officially gone. Uh, the Cyclones have done it. They won a road game in conference play. Brockington had 26 in this one. Tyrese Hunter had 18. So Iowa State, you know, they were kind of free-falling a little bit. They had lost 4-5. Now they get this win, and they're looking, once again, strong, looking like a top-25 team. And looking like a team that, you know, is going to be a single-digit seed uh, come Selection Sunday. So, real good win for the Iowa State Cyclones uh, in this one. Davidson, they had a long winning streak. 15 games came to an end, though. VCU had the lead. Davidson went on a 14-0 run to cut the lead down. But ultimately, just wasn't enough to come back. Uh, you know, in, in the end, like Davidson had a shot to win the game with three, uh, ends up getting blocked, uh, right to, uh, VCU on the defensive end, uh, to get the block and yeah, the Rams come away with a 70 to 68 victory. Uh, and this one, Luka Brajkovic, he, he had the shot that was blocked. That's had a charge controversial charge. Seemed a little bit like a flop, but ref called a charge. Uh, who knows? Maybe he they call it the other way and he goes to line. But uh, it was kind of a situation, though, with this Davidson team. They had been kind of playing with fire a little bit uh, recently. The, and they were due for a game to kind of go the other way. And ultimately, it does go the other way in this game. I still think Davidson's going to be you know, an NCAA tournament team. Minus too big of a collapse, but uh, I think, you know, they play LaSalle this weekend. They should win that game handily. Maybe St. Bonaventure on the road could be a challenge, but 
most of their upcoming schedule uh, up until basically March is pretty easy. So if Davidson's able to feast on the games where you're supposed to feast on uh, this, this team's going to be NCAA tournament bound. Uh, maybe not, you know, being ranked like they were entering this game, but uh, they still should be an NCAA tournament team. Moving on, Mountain West, San Diego State took a kind of bad loss on Wednesday. Uh, they just kind of got blown out in this game uh, against Utah State. And, you know, I still think, you know, the Aztecs are going to end up making the NCAA tournament, but this game doesn't inspire much confidence. Matt Bradley had a good performance, Chad Baker, but, you know, the scoring wasn't great. Uh, and then defensively just allowed Utah State to get rolling. So not a good loss for San Diego State. I still think they end up making the NCAA tournament, but certainly not a loss uh, that is going to inspire much confidence. Nor will losing at home to St. John's, uh, which is exactly what Seton Hall did uh, earlier this is actually on Monday. St. John's just went on the road and won this game handily. It wasn't even close. Uh, Seton Hall was playing like a student-only game, uh, which, you know, shame on them for not showing up for the students. This was a blowout, never really close. Uh, St. John's still don't think they're I, – they, I could see them maybe contending for the NIT, but they're not going to make the entire tournament. But, you know, good win for St. John's all the same and uh, kind of remains to be seen uh, where they end up going. Another kind of tough loss, Oregon, you know, they lost at home to uh, Colorado. Not a good loss. I mean, Colorado is not necessarily a bad team by any means, but it's not a loss you really want to take. Uh, And, yeah, Oregon, they had a pretty comfortable lead and just kind of let Colorado hang around and, Uh, This tough loss. I still think Oregon will make the NCAA tournament. Uh, They'll get, you know, a chance to add revenge against Colorado uh, in a week. But, yeah, not a good loss for Oregon falling back onto the bubble after seemingly being off the bubble and in position to kind of run away with an NCAA tournament bid. uh, They take a bad loss. Uh, So not a good loss for the Oregon Ducks. All right, so now we move into some of Thursday's action. Purdue, they took care of Iowa on the road. Never really a game that was all that close. Uh, the Boilermakers, though, uh, they win this game rather handily. Got a big performance from Isaiah Thompson, who hit four threes, scored 18 in this one. Uh, he was huge. Uh, feels like this Iowa team, like they're not a bad team by any means. The analytics seem to really like this team, but they just they don't have that kind of big time win. Uh, maybe they pick it up. They have road games at Penn State, uh, at Ohio State in the near future. So opportunities ahead to pick up win big wins. But man, this Iowa team just wherever they've kind of gone up against a semi decent, you know, semi tough uh, environment, they really haven't kind of performed. So. I think I will still make the NCAA tournament, but probably destined for, you know, that eight, nine matchup in the NCAA tournament. Uh, UAB won on a jelly Walker three. That was a, certainly a big win for uh, the Blazers. And uh, they're, they're looking, you know, to be in a nice spot. 
probably not going to be an at-large team, but uh, still going to get a high seed. This was, though, the biggest game from Thursday, and it was St. Mary's, San Francisco. And San, San Francisco had this game won in the first half. Uh, they were up, I think, as many as 23, led by 17 at the half. And St. Mary's just rallies in the second half and uh, ends up coming from behind and pulling off one of the biggest you know victories of the season for the Gales. And now this was, I think, a big bubble game because St. Mary's – didn't have a you know resume that necessarily stood out as being you know fantastic. Still in the NCAA tournament field, uh, but not a great resume. Now they add a quadrant one win on the road at San Francisco. That certainly helps. And as for San Francisco, I mean this is this loss is going to sting very much for them because they had this game won. They hit first half. I mean you're up by twenty three points. You're up by seventeen at the half. Like. You, you're not only you know, thinking about this game being won, you're thinking, all right, well, ne- ne- let's look ahead to the next game. They play Santa Clara. They play at BYU. Let's look ahead to some of these games. And uh, apparently they were looking ahead to those games because they forgot to finish out this game. And, uh, yeah, bad loss for San Francisco. Not that they lost. You know, it was a home game against St. Mary's. I mean, that's not a bad loss by any means. But to be up – as handily as they were and to lose that game. I mean, that is just, that is absolutely brutal. So uh, San Francisco right back on the bubble, uh, still monitoring a couple results uh, here as the day goes about uh, BYU's at Santa Clara going to be interesting to see who wins that one. Gonzaga taking care of Loyola Marymount as we speak. Uh, and USC is beating Stanford uh, 34 to 28 at the half. So you'll, you'll get the updates on, you know, those results, but first, first off, I mean, we'll go into, uh, the podcast going to make some predictions here for good start out big 12 sec challenge, sec, big 12 challenge, however you want to call it. I uh, will go kind of game by game here, uh, and make the official tally. So, First off, LSU going on the road to TCU. Still no word on Xavier Pinson, uh, whether he will be there, but LSU gritted out a win against Texas A&M earlier this week. Uh, I'm going to pick the Tigers to go on the road, beat TCU. Just a, you know, not necessarily an overly tough uh, road environment TCU is. And then uh, for LSU, I mean, they are still have some guard concerns. Still think they're partially overrated, but I think they find a way to get this one done. So 1-0 SEC, it'll be 2-0 SEC after West Virginia goes on the road to take on Arkansas. I think Arkansas finds a way. Jalen Williams has been playing really good as of late. J.D. Note is certainly a big-time scorer, so I'll take Arkansas there. Uh, and then next game, Oklahoma at Auburn. I mean, that's pretty easy pick. Auburn, you know, they struggled at home uh, against – or they struggle on the road against Missouri, but I just think they're a better team. So I'll, I'll pick Auburn in this one. Uh, and that will make it three O sec. It'll be three one though, because Iowa state plays Missouri at home. I mean, that, that should be a game, not even close. Like if, if we're talking about the first four games of the day, I think this ends up being the biggest blowout of the bunch. I'm going to take an upset here. Oklahoma state, 
goes on the road, takes down Florida. I think this is kind of an interesting matchup, but I, I like this Oklahoma State team. They're you know starting to figure it out offensively. So give me Oklahoma State to uh, go on the road and beat Florida. Haven't really been impressed by this Florida team, and I don't think Castleton will be playing. So give me Oklahoma State there. Uh, next game, we've got Baylor going on the road to take on Alabama. Yeah, give me Baylor. I mean, they maybe Alabama goes berserk from three, but I'm not going to bet on it. So uh, give me Baylor here. I think that ties it up. Yeah, it ties it back up uh, at three apiece. So coming down to the final four games, I'll take Kansas State to go on the road to beat Ole Miss. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Wildcats, I mean, they, they struggle against Baylor, but if you're good enough to be – about ready to beat Kansas, I think you're good enough to win at Ole Miss. So give me uh, Kansas State to break the 3-3 tie, uh, which then sends us to the final three games, uh, Texas Tech, Mississippi State. I'll take Texas Tech to win at home. Uh, Mississippi State, they play good performance against Kentucky. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull off the upset, but I'll take Texas Tech to win at home, uh, that will mean it's a 5-3 lead. Uh, Kentucky-Kansas is going to be a fascinating game to watch. Uh, no no word on Ty Ty Washington at the time of this recording. I'm going to assume he's probably out. I mean, if he's missed the Mississippi State game. I If he was playing, I'd you know, maybe pick Kentucky. But if he's out, I mean, I don't – I think – Kentucky will keep it close. Oscar Sheboy will probably get about 15 to 20 rebounds in this game, maybe 25. I mean, he's going to be a monster on the boards, but at the end of the day, I think Kansas just has more scoring, uh, more offense, and uh, they will find a way to win this game, especially playing at home. Uh, So give me Kansas in this one. And then the Rick Barnes special. I'll take Tennessee to go on the road, uh, take down Texas. So, Going 6-4, Big 12, final score. I think this is going to be – there's going to be a couple matchups that ultimately define it. I mean, obviously the big one, Kentucky at Kansas, that's going to be, you know, the massive marquee matchup. Uh, Yeah, I think LSU-TCU is going to be one of these swing games. I think Oklahoma State-Florida could be a swing game. Uh, If the SEC ends up winning, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama-Mississippi State – uh, or Tennessee, I think one of those will pick up a win, Kansas State, Ole Miss. So I think the only games you're really penciling or putting in pen, like that one conference wins or another, I think Auburn and Iowa State will just take care of their games at home. But uh, the rest of the matchups I think could present some you know, potential you know, s- swings. So going to be fascinating to see who wins. I think the SEC won. Uh, last year, but I want to say one game didn't get played. So it was like a 5-4 matchup, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. So could be interesting to watch. Uh, a couple other games from this weekend. Michigan is going on the road to take on Michigan State. I'll take Michigan State to win. Won't be doing any spreads for this, uh, but if you've been keeping up this past week, uh, looks like uh, going to go to the records here. 
Yeah, I moved to 101 and 87. Uh, Sean is now 103 and 85. So he's got a two-game lead on me. Uh, but no spread picks, obviously, this week, uh, which brings us to three games left. Michigan at Michigan State. I'm picking Michigan State to win this game. Just think the Spartans are a little bit better team. Uh, moving on Sunday, we've got a couple good games uh, early in the day before, obviously, the AFC and NFC championship games. First off, we've got Ohio State going on the road to take on Purdue. It's going to be a big one for the Big Ten standings. I will take Purdue, though, to win at home. I, I just think they have too many weapons. And Ohio State, I mean, Jay Adele is a star, but, I mean, Jay Ivey is also a star, and then they've got Travion Williams, they've got Zachy, they've got you know sharpshooters all over the court. So give me Purdue there. Marquette at Providence. I'm going to take Marquette to win on the road here because uh, one, you know, I I think this Marquette team is playing as good as anyone in the country right now. Uh, and you know, Providence, they've they've certainly won games, but they've also won a lot of close games. So I I wouldn't be surprised to see a situation where uh, Marquette ends up with the win. That will wrap it up for this episode of the Make of the Madness College Basketball Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, uh, and we'll be back, you know, with, you know, some, some more college basketball talk. Uh, but until then, stay tuned.